This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. I'm joined today by Captain Tasha Lacey, and we're going to talk about allyship, explained. By that, I mean, we're actually going to be breaking down the case studies on allyship that we have, shameless plug, we have it at www.stockdaleinteractive.com. Welcome, Captain Tasha Lacey, to Radio Stockdale. Thank you, Michael, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. You know, you're the subject matter expert on this. You're the program manager for Dignity and Respect at the Naval Academy. You teach any 203, the ethics course for our sophomores or youngsters. You're on the admissions board and you're a captain in the United States Navy. You you have experience in command. You have experience in leadership. I really appreciate that, Michael. And you don't necessarily need to backtrack. I do openly share with the midshipmen. I have been around for a long time and I'm actually just grateful that I'm still around. So um, no issues at all with that. And what I, I giggle all the time about the term subject matter expert, because I feel that there's always room for growth and improvement. So I do have a vested interest in this topic and spend a lot of time in it, but there's so much more still for me to learn. And I hope that that's what we help others to do as we talk about the topic of allyship. I appreciate that. Let's jump into this thing because really what we're doing is talking to faculty and staff and instructors who might teach this case study. What is allyship? What's your what's your conceptualization of what that term allyship is all about? So allyship, when you look at it, there are various definitions throughout the entire internet. And so I've actually cluged together a few that I thought were very representative of how I personally view allyship. First of all, Merriam-Webster describes it as a supportive association with another person or a group. Then when you do a little bit more digging about what allyship means, support means that you actually need to take action. It's not a passive activity. And particularly, allyship is you being supportive of a marginalized group, you walking alongside them, you standing up when you see that they're not being treated with dignity and respect. And I want to make sure that people walk away understanding that allyship is support. It's a partnership. And that's just a baseline expectation for what anyone in a relationship, whether it's in an organization, on the team, in the military, whatever it is, allyship is an important part of building trust and treating others with dignity and respect. So allyship is really about standing up for the dignity and rights and respect of your partner, of your of your friend, of the person standing next to you when something happens. Yes, absolutely. And I really appreciate that concise definition. And I think I'll just use it that way moving forward. Why is this important to midshipmen? Why, why is it important for midshipmen to understand what allyship is all about? So I will share with you, Michael, what I shared actually with the class of 25 during their Severn Shellback. And it really ties at the end of the day to what we're teaching them in any 203, as well as what we expect reasonably from every servant leader in the United States Navy and Marine Corps, specifically tying it to their midshipman ethos. There's a component of their ethos which says, I respect and cherish the diverse backgrounds and talents of every midshipman. I treat others with dignity and respect, both in person, and online. 
And when I talked to them, I reminded them about the fact that all human beings have equal and inherent worth. That is something foundational that we teach them at the beginning of the any 203 course. And I emphasize that no one's worth is greater than another, regardless of position or title. And everyone wants to be treated with value, be seen and heard. And so what I taught them is then respect is due regard for the feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others. So simply stated, dignity is treating people like they are valuable and respect is giving proper consideration for others' differences. And in order for you to lead a team, a diverse team, you have to, at a very basic level, treat everyone with dignity and respect at all times, no excuses, period. So sometimes not all the team members act that way. And as the leader, you can't be passive when you see or hear that. No, you cannot. And um, I will tie this to also we try to talk to the midshipmen about the 10 signature behaviors. The Navy's culture of excellence um, on the 21st century sailor talks about signature behaviors. And not only is number one, treat everyone with respect, but number three, hold others accountable for their actions. And four is intervene when necessary. So when you go through the list, allyship is perfectly captured in the signature behaviors that we expect for our sailors. We're not telling them what's wrong. We're telling them what right looks like. And to me, allyship is what right looks like. You know, that's great. Let's let's jump into the case studies. I'm going to describe it a little bit for the listeners here. We've got five different case studies on allyship. Now, to be frank, they all kind of drive at the same point, but they're coming from different angles. In one sense, we've got first scenario is Kyle. Kyle is a guy going out with some friends. One of the friends happens to be African-American. And one of Kyle's friends says something uncomfortable about the African-American friend. I'll let people get into the case study to see about that. The question is, what's Kyle going to do? Another one is we have Rashad, who's part of a basketball team where the basketball team seems to gang up on one of the players, happens to be a white guy who is playing country music in the locker room. And it's up to Rashad to figure out what to do about that and how to stand with that friend. We've got Izzy. It's a religious uh, case study where some of her friends are talking about why do certain people in certain religions get special privileges? We've got Jaden who talks about orientation issues. And we've got Tyler, who talks about gender issues. So all of these established scenarios or situations where one person or a group of person says something about someone else, and it's up to you as the protagonist, Kyle, Rashad, Tyler, Jaden, Izzy, to actually do something about it, not be passive. So tell me this, what's the power of presenting these case studies in this manner? There are a few reasons. First, the topics. Having spent a good deal of time with midshipmen in the brigade, these are real issues that they face. So the relevance to their lived experiences is a starting point. The second point by introducing them on Stockdale Interactive 
they can do it as an individual and nobody else can see what they respond. And then there are prompts after you've made your choice that help you navigate and give you explanation for maybe why the choice that you made wasn't necessarily the best choice, or if you did choose one that was the best of that of those in that scenario, it explained for you and reinforced why that was a solid choice and what the benefits of that choice would be. So I think that that's a way that allows people to have private professional development opportunities. I would say additionally for me, when I think about any 203, because I do, not only did I use the Stockdale Interactive for my class, but also as the program manager for Dignity and Respect program, we use them as well. When we go through it as a class and you have the midshipmen engage, they're able to take over the conversation. And one of the things I I deliberately in my classes allow the midshipmen to have the hard conversations, the necessary conversations in my class, because I feel like what I provide them as their military instructor is oversight. I'm not trying to tell them how to think, but I am providing a constructive environment to facilitate a healthy dialogue rather than allowing them to kind of engage in unhealthy behaviors and gossip and kind of do things in a way that aren't the most productive. So we we talk about the hard things in my class. And I think that this vehicle allows us to do just that. I like the way you, you say that. I've seen this in classes before or in group settings where an instructor, a professor, a teacher can actually take the class through these scenarios at the same time. And, and frankly, they're graphic uh, novels, so they're kind of in the mode that this generation understands and kind of likes and accepts. Uh, so we can do a lot with it. What have you found is the best way to work through the navigation of these? Uh, and you've kind of said that a little bit, but how do you actually work it? So I have done it in class, um, like just as a part of my group, because I I just love to be a part of watching the midshipmen have a dialogue. But also one of the things that we've done as well, and it was well received, we actually took these and used them in the form of a case study so that we could facilitate conversation if everybody at that time, for whatever reason, um, didn't have access to be able to project the whole Stockdale Interactive. And then we, we also just kind of handled it in that way. And I would say that one thing I would encourage for the, especially for those of us who are um, instructors, that it goes well when the midshipmen facilitate the conversation. You may tee it up for them, but having the midshipmen facilitate goes a long way because one, you're teaching them, you're, you're allowing them to model exactly what allyship looks like, but then also what you're allowing them to do is to grow more comfortable having these necessary conversations that they might not otherwise have. You're helping them to build, build the confidence, just like building muscle requires some repetition by allowing the midshipmen to facilitate these conversations. You're building their confidence in being able to have them. Really well said. And one of the things I've realized as I've gone through these uh, these scenarios with the midshipmen is, you know, I'm I'm an old guy. I've been around for quite some time. And quite frankly, sometimes I have difficulty talking to others about tight situations like this. But to be honest with you, 
this generation has a lot less difficulty. I like it when you said what we're doing with this case study or this set of case studies is we're teeing it up and we're letting a generation who actually might have a lot of a lot more facility than we do talk it through. You know, I will share with you, Michael, that while I do see that this generation is forward leaning on some of these more, you know, challenging discussions, I led a lean in circle this past academic year. And believe it or not, the topic that by and large midshipmen seem to struggle with talking about the most, regardless of, you know, being in this generation, it is matters pertaining to race. That's still an uncomfortable dialogue for many midshipmen, regardless of their race or ethnicity. That seems to be an area of struggle. I, I remember asking my group, um, like, hey, well, what other topics are you more comfortable talking about? And they expressed to me, like, hey, I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about um, LBGTQ plus issues or gender, but race, it's almost like as soon as it comes up, um, it's like, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not sure where this is going to go. So there still is an element of people not always feeling qualified to speak up. And so I definitely hope that we'll talk about that today during our discussion. So let's let's talk about this last question, probably the biggest question. How do you handle those situations when things get a little tense? What's the best way? What recommendations do you have for professors and instructors when that starts happening? So the first thing, of course, is that we always kick it off by creating a safe space because that usually helps to lay the foundation. But I think what I would also offer is when things become challenging, to de-escalate that, I would kind of take a pause and I would slow down and I would just redirect the conversation, not necessarily from the difficult topic, but help explore or check for meaning. A lot of times when people say something that might immediately offend someone else, Sometimes they're not saying it with the intent to offend. Not everybody is eloquently able to put their ideas or thoughts together in real time and to say exactly what they mean. If you, as you're facilitating these conversations, if you just say, you know, I'm a little unclear about your statement there. Can you provide a little more context? I found time and time again that when you do that, it gives the person who said whatever they said the opportunity to kind of help you understand where they are coming from. And what I would also offer as a best practice is not getting on the defensive, whether it's you, the facilitator, or trying to encourage others in your class not to get on the defensive. Uh, Because the truth is, These are hard conversations to have, but they're necessary conversations that we should have. And we have to be willing to have them. And that requires active listening and really that check for meaning um, that I talked about. And understanding, like I always set the guidelines up front that you're not allowed to attack people in these discussions. You may attack an idea but you have to do that in a professional, civil, and respectful manner in order to uphold 
dignity and respect for everyone. We're not all going to share the same point of view, and that's okay. Um, the other thing I would add is if there are points of agreement that emerged during that discussion, highlight the areas of agreement. Because what you don't want is for people to walk out of the room like, ah, I agree to disagree. And, then, and, and now they're just really angry. No, just take the time and to remind folks why we're doing what we're doing, the areas which we do agree with, and let's explore with curiosity and no judgment the areas where we may have a differing viewpoint. Make it safe for everyone to speak, not just people who share your point of view. Hard but necessary conversations. Once again, www.stockdellinteractive.com. Captain Tasha Lacey, Program Manager for Dignity and Respect at the Naval Academy at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. Thanks for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts. 